So I've had this habit very recently. Um, or I guess it's more so that recently this habit has just become a lot more intense. Um, but I've been mentally going back through time and I've been trying to gather and collect all the information that I can on my life, I think, to just make certain things make sense. Um, a lot of times when I'm talking with people close to me, one of the questions they ask me is why, either why I feel this way, why someone else feels this way, why I did this thing, why someone else did this thing. and. Um, I think this habit has become a lot more intense just because a lot of, I think part of me is realizing that a lot of the insecurities I used to have over time, they've proven to be true. So insecurities that I've had um, about my body, about the way that I express my faith, um, about my relationships with other people. Uh, a lot of the ways that I did not feel safe or secure, like just kind of looking back and I'm like, okay, I can pick on this one thing, on this one event, on this one thing that was said, and this could inform the thing that happened next, you know? And I remember having a conversation with God. I think it was, it was either this past week or the week before. And I ended up saying something like, if I had known then everything that I would lose, I would have held on a little bit tighter. If I had known that I would have lost my husband, if I had known that I would lose family, if I had known that I would lose friends, spiritual parents, my church, my house, etc. The list could go on and on. I would have held on tighter. And almost immediately after I said that, um, like almost in, in a way that like if you were talking to someone face to face in the immediate way that someone else might respond, um, I feel like God was like, no, you wouldn't have. And then after that, I just kind of started to process that. And I realized that I had spent a lot of the years um, in like the last half of my marriage, essentially, acting as though I was already divorced or acting as though I had already lost or acting as though what my life looks like now was what it looked like then. Um, a lot of the people in my close network know I stopped. Um, I just kind of closed myself in. And um, even things as simple as like family get-togethers or... or um, just visiting, going to birthday parties. Um, in that time, I had felt so anxious and I had agreed with that, you know, emotion so much 
I don't know how to explain that, but I started to think that maybe the reason that I was sad and anxious and hurt and sick for three years, really, was because even while I was married and even while I was still connected and even while I was still fighting, I was still living as the rejected person. You know, I was living in this moment today, like three years ago. (laughs) And if there, if in that season, if there was any love left, I'm not sure that I would have been, um, secure enough or I'm not sure that I would have felt safe enough to receive it Um, always being so fearful of being where I am now and I'm an empath and I'm a super discerning person and you know I can keep going back to specific moments where certain things happened that made me feel cautious or led me to overthink and you know over time I'm like okay I was right about that that actually happened but I've also realized that you know, that this isn't my first rodeo when it comes to dealing with issues of abandonment and that, you know, this, I guess, sensation that I'm feeling, although a lot more intense and a lot more extensive and a lot more demanding, it's happened before. Although I can, you know, point my finger at people and say, you did this, you did this, you did this. I feel like even though I can acknowledge other people's shortcomings or mistakes or, you know, stuff like that, I feel like I'm always on this journey with God where I'm like, what could I do better? What could I have done better? Even when I'm not asking for it, I feel like that's just how God is with me. And, um, I just, uh, realize that like I spent so much time anticipating trauma or judgment or punishment or rejection abandonment etc you know that's my forte like anticipating pain I'm really good at that (laughs) and the thing is I think the last couple weeks not even the last this whole year we could just be honest about that like this whole year I've noticed a really severe attitude change on my part um and it has so much to do with my perspective and my vision when I view my life and um I remember I I just said this quickly to God in the car I was like I want to stop feeling like life is just happening to me and I want to feel like your hand is in this. I want to feel like you're directing my life, not like life is directing me. And so much of my sentiments this year have just been that that I'm a prisoner or that I'm stuck. That, um, that I'm stuck in North Carolina. That I'm... Uh, stuck in my love for my daughter um that I'm essentially stuck wherever you know my ex is and that I'm stuck in 
in the will of God and, and wanting what he wants and knowing that he wants me here. And uh, the reality of my life is that some parts of that are true. I'm tied to God. I'm tied to my daughter. I'm tied to this state. And all these things have been the case for many years. And, and, but now things have gotten to a point where like, I'm, I'm tired and I'm like, okay, like what's in it for me though? Like what part of this has served me? What about me? What about me? What, what about what's best for me? Like it's the, I talk to people like there's this, I don't know how to explain this. There's this sentiment, especially like as a mom, like within myself, but also, you know, for other people, they're like, as long as your daughter's happy and as long as she's healthy, then everything else is okay. And I've just been, um, you know, like really wrestling to balance, you know, knowing that my daughter is important, but also knowing that I'm important too and I matter. <laughs> and um, I just, it's really hard not to allow my mind to keep going in that direction. And um, within me, there's just always this battle when I'm like, okay, this is what is true, but what is the truth? What is it that God is saying? What is it that God is doing? Where is his hand? And that's like the hardest thing. It's the hardest thing to do. And so, um, as I was like reflecting on my life, I'm like, okay, you know, if I'm, if I'm, you know, moving forward, I need to learn the difference between being rejected and living rejected because you know in you know in the season that I was in there was a point where you know the actions of another person were hurting me and that part is unavoidable I think to be hurt or tender-hearted about something you know, that just is what it is. But I feel like there could have, like if I had been a little bit more secure, uh, maybe in myself and in God's love for me and who he says I am, I would have been much more steady. And I feel like it wouldn't have taken so much of a toll on my physical health, on my mental health. And But now today I'm more so struggling in in my attitude. And now I'm having to do a lot of, it's not even maintenance, it's like a lot of patch up work to make up for, you know, things I didn't do back then. And uh, there's a song that I like, I love to sing it. I, I love, I love this one. It goes, um, it says, all the earth will shout your praise, our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. And I especially love that little lyric that says, these bones will sing. And I've been thinking a lot about the story um, of Ezekiel. I actually want to read it if this is okay. Um, this is how my mind works, guys. Like, I feel like this is the way that God um, communicates to me. And 
talks to me and leads me and deals with me like it's not just in my thought it's not just in you know in my prayer life or reflecting but it's also in the word and like certain stories that come up so but it's Ezekiel 37 and um, the story is of the valley of dry bones and I want to read it it says the Lord took hold of me and I was carried away by the spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones he led me all around among the bones that covered the valley they were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out then he asked me son of man can these bones become living people again O sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I spoke this message just as he told me. Suddenly, as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones. The skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the wind, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath from the four winds, breathe into these dead bodies so that they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me and breath came into their bodies. They all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. So that was verses one through 10. And um, so this thing that I am, that I mentioned before, like this struggle that I'm having with my perspective and my vision, um, I, I grew up in a divorced household and a household of mul- multiple divorces. And so I'm aware of um, the struggles and the damages and the consequences and essentially the curse that comes when families are broken not only like not only within marriages but also but also with the kids And the issue that I have being in my position, you know, um, is, is that I am highly aware of those realities. And, um, it, like, okay, even in, you know, this, uh, even in divorce, right? When I look back, I'm like, even though I didn't get the outcome, and even though what was said didn't happen, what I believed for didn't happen, God was still so involved here. And God made his heart known and his will known, and he stretched out his hand 
and he held me and he covered me and he advocated for me and my family and my ministry and my daughter. And this is so hard, but I feel like God wants me to share this. I don't know why. Okay, so now, like, looking at my life, you know, my failed marriage, my broken home, and my daughter, like, sometimes I'm like, okay, my daughter, she's autistic. She has high needs autism. She's nonverbal. Okay, so um, I know other three-year-olds, and they're much more cognizant of, you know, the world around them. Like, sometimes... I'm like, thank God she has autism (laughs) because she doesn't know that her dad left her mom. Like, she doesn't know. She's unaware. That doesn't matter to her. All she knows is that I love her and her dad loves her. So that's an obstacle I don't have to deal with. Um, But then there's other things, you know, like when I see how our life has affected her or, you know, how she can't always express who she wants to be with or you know like that she wants to stay or or that she just doesn't understand what's going on like it's like stuff like that and I'm like so I'm looking at my life and the reality and I'm looking at what is true and I'm like man this sucks (laughs) this really sucks and this is a curse and I'm like this is a curse this is a curse. This is a curse. This is my curse. This is my family's curse. This is like my generation's curse. And now it's my daughter's. And um, and then so when I get to that thought, I, you know, I go back and I'm like, but God said this and God said this and God said this. And I keep going back. Like, there's all these promises. There's all these things cut in. But this is what I'm living. Like, this is what it looks like. And I think, okay, like, the only way for God to do what he said is if this happens, or this happens, or that happens. So, yeah, so, like, I go and, and I review all these promises and stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, if this is what my life looks like, now God can't do it. I think, okay, God can't do it now. It's just, it just doesn't apply. And that's another, like, horrible thing that I I haven't been watching over that lie that's been building up in my head when I was struggling in my marriage and fighting for my marriage. And, And now, you know, like, as a divorced person, like, when they're like, oh, God can revive your family. And I'm like... That is so true for everyone else, but not for me. (laughs) And like, um, I've just been like learning to, I don't know, like I'm trying to like rewrap my brain about around um, what it looks like for God to do what he said in me and my house. You know, like, because before, like, all of it was, like, connected to another person and another person's will. And I'm like, okay, like, 
there's a, there's someone else having another say here, right? But now when it comes to receiving the promises of God, receiving the word of God for myself and my family, my household, moving forward, what does it look like for miracles to be done here? And a frustrating part that I'm still processing is 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 not so much like looking for change to happen everywhere else and looking for change to happen like in me like what does it look like for a miracle to happen in me you know in my mind in my heart in my soul in my family like in my house what does it look like and uh it's like I've just had like moments where I'm like looking at my life and I'm like, that's it. You know, this is it. It's dead. It's over. There's nothing else here. Might as well quit now. And part of me feels like this is like spiritual and that has to do with like strongholds and, and lies that I've believed. I did not shut those down. Um, because I've also had thoughts um, they're like, okay, well, you know, there's nothing else here. Just leave. Just live for you now. Just go and be happy. You know, do your own thing. Leave God. And then you don't have to worry about your conviction or your obligation to follow him or to do what he says. You know, like, you did a good job the last three years. You can just go do your own thing now. You know, that that those are like real inclinations or real struggles. And I'm like, nah, that's not going to happen. And um, the, I feel like one of the most sobering and the most um, humbling part of my process, even though like, even though like none of it was my choice, is that it's given me so much, how do I say this? I feel like I have a greater awareness of God's love for me you know like I feel like when there's songs that are like there's no one else like you Lord there's no one else like you I feel like I can say that with like an authority like no you don't understand like I have I have lived and I have seen and I have come across all these situations I know there is no one else like you I know there is no other love like your love you know and um that's kind of off topic but anyway I'm not gonna leave God because God didn't leave me so like anyway I just want to share that little honest moment um so yeah I'm like this is dead it's over there's nothing else here and I feel like God's attitude like it's a very still small voice that's like look I am in this I am in this I am in this with you and there was not one moment where I was not with you. You have a broken family, I'm with you. You have a broken heart, I'm with you. And like, sometimes you don't think I'm here. Sometimes you don't know I'm here. Sometimes you don't feel that I'm here, but I am here with you. And I'm like, that's it, this is over, this is a curse, this is a curse on me. You know, I go down that little rabbit hole and God is like, 
I can bless that. I can bless you in this. I can do something with this. And that is like, that's an ongoing process. That is the journey that I'm on. And um, I found this, um, these couple verses in Psalm 119 that I feel like they're reflecting my prayer life with God, which is why I love the Psalms. Like the Psalms are really cool because not only do, do they reflect like relatable prayers, they also reflect um, prophecies and promises and you know, there's a lot of verses in the Psalms that also describe the attributes and the character of God, which is really nice also. But this one I found, um, it was a prayer and it's in Psalms 119. It's verses 25 to 32. It says, um, I'm laid down in the dust. Preserve my life according to your word. Um, I think there's another, one second. I think there's another translation I like better. Okay, it says, uh, I lie in the dust. Revive me by your word. Revive me by your word. This is the New Living Translation. I told you my plans and you answered. Now teach me your decrees. Help me understand the meaning of your commandments and I will meditate on your wonderful deeds. I weep with sorrow. Encourage me by your word. Keep me from lying to myself. Give me the privilege of knowing your instructions. I have chosen to be faithful. I have determined to live by your regulations. I cling to your laws, Lord. Don't let me be put to shame. I will pursue your commands for you expand my understanding. And um, the th I, I really hold on to what God says. I know I say that often, um, but it's to such an extent where I'm uh, like right now, I'm like, God, like, what are you saying? What are you saying? What do you say about this, huh? Like, wh what do you say about this, huh? <laughs> what do you say? What is your word? And that part, those that line in verse 25 where it says, revive me by your word. I feel like that's how God revives me, is by his word. There's this other part, these other verses where um, it's like, help me understand Help me understand. That's another thing that I've been praying is that God would help me to understand, like, like help me understand, help me see, help me envision this. Like, what, wh like, what do you want my life to look like now? What does it look like for God to be involved now? You know. Um, and let me see, I feel like I wrote down, because this whole, this whole thought process essentially started, um, because I was thinking about the, I was thinking about my attitude and I'm like, my attitude is really not right. Like what is going on with me? What's going on with me? And I'm like thinking about the concept of strongholds. And let me look up the definition for those of you who don't know. Because I know like strongholds are like a religious term. I'm on my laptop. A place where a particular cause or belief is strongly defended or upheld. So that it says a place where a particular cause or belief is strongly defended or upheld. 
And I realized there are so many lies that I believed. And, um, and so many of the lies that the enemy tells us, um, sometimes they come from half truths, you know, like it's a part of the truth, but it's not the full truth or it's some, it's a truth that someone else would say a truth that someone else would agree with, but it's not the truth. To me, the truth is the word of God. To me, the truth is what God says. I feel like God's just been really, I don't want to say forcefully. (laughs) Um, He's been gently leading me to process a lot of unresolved issues. Um, Sometimes it's conscious, sometimes it's unconscious. Sometimes I, I literally have dreams where it's just me processing my emotions. I'm like, I really did, I did not want to deal with that. Um, but I feel like God uses all of it, um, to stretch me and to help me grow and to help me be better and hopefully be like a better reflection of him. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know if this is for anyone, but I know a lot of it is relatable. (laughs) Um, if not to everyone, then just to someone. And to me, that matters. Um, I'm going to be coming up with a another episode. Um, it's called Good Morning. Um, and it's going to be about learning how to mourn well. And I'm going to just like share some of the ways that God... Um, was leading me and is leading me through a process of mourning motherhood in the way that I uh, used to experience it, I guess. Um, So that'll be coming up next. Uh, I love you guys so much. I hope this is, I hope this was cool for you guys because I feel like this was more so like my, like more of my life, more of my thought life, my prayer life and more the way that God directs me and talks to me and deals with me and it's not always in like instant supernatural moments sometimes it's just in simple everyday conversations (laughs) um but I hope you got something from it at the very least um like for me this whole process was the difference between being rejected and living rejected. Um, but for you, it might be something else and I'll leave that to you to fill in the blank. Um, but, uh, one of the reasons that I wanted to share, um, the lies that I was believing is because, uh, like I felt like they were contributing to my attitude. And I think a lot of times, our thought life and our self-talk like they influence us in ways that you know we don't always choose to be aware of we don't always choose to like point out the little tiny details that are contributing to our perspective of our world ourselves our lives our families all of that and so it's good practice you know every once in a while to just pick those up and say this is something that I was believing and it's not true. 
and this is not the perspective or the vision that I want to adopt moving forward. This is not the way I want to see family. This is not the way I want to see people. This is not the way I want to see myself. This is not the way I want to see God. You know, all those things. Um, so I love you guys. Y'all are awesome. Thank you so much for sticking with me. I am working my way back up to this. 2022 is very difficult. And hopefully this year, I don't have to say that anymore. <laughs> but I'll see you guys in the next one.